the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer from Faithful Central Church. Bishop, how are you today? I am yet holding on, man. <laughs> All is well. <laughs> Why am I, I, more... I need to be in Hawaii with, <laughs> with Scott. <you> know? <laughs> Why am I more excited about this than you right oh, now? Oh, man, it's it's crazy time. Crazy so time. so I don't know if everybody knows, but you are officially uh, retiring from your church after 40 years. 41 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the downstroke, man. The you know, downstroke? I, I told the church last year, I said, you know, next, this was my, that was my 40th year going into 41st. I said, you know, I've been here 40 some years. 40 is a good biblical number. You ought to do something at 40, man. So, you know, we're, we were on a clock from last year, and the TikTok runs down February 19th. February 19th. Wait, so, so, so in my circles, nobody's, nobody's using the term uh, retire anymore. So, okay. So the new buzzword is you are repositioning. So, repositioning. Yeah, repositioning, yeah. So um, th- that's kind of where I am. I'll still be involved in the church, and obviously uh, I mean, I'll be hanging out with you, and you can, by the way, you have an assignment. you got to write my last message, man. Uh, uh, this is an inside joke, everybody. Uh, he really does write all my sermons. The good ones comes from him. Let, let, uh, well, I'm going to tell wait. everyone the inside joke. So, <laughs> so you've been at your church for 40 years. Yeah. I've been at Shepherd for 45, or for 35. So we've been here the, basically the whole time together, yeah, and you're you know. down in, in – in South LA, yeah, what do yeah. you call it? Inglewood? Yeah. I'm out in the suburbs here in the valley. <laughs> and for 35 years, you know, you travel. Every person I meet they, that I've that say, "Yeah, I go to Bishop Ulmer's church." I say, "Hey, do you know that I write his sermons?" They look at me like I'm half crazy. They go, "What?" I go, "I write all of his sermons." They go, "You write his sermons?" They, so I said, yeah, you make sure when you see him, you tell him, say, hey, I met the guy that writes all your sermons. <laughs> Somebody 30, did that one time, for real. Somebody for 35 did. years. <laughs> Somebody who was listening to the program heard. So, so, so your assignment, February 19th will be my last message as pastor. I'll, I'll still be there at the church. But uh, So you're, you got to write a good one, man. I got to write a good yeah, one. Gotta, I was yeah, going to yeah. say you actually preach them better than I write them. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I was at, when I was at church yeah, at your church a couple of weeks ago, which is one of the most amazing churches in the world. That's another time, another story. But uh, I told the people, I said, you know, Pastor Dudley writes my messages. So if this is a good one. <laughs> Uh, he wrote it. Otherwise, um, you know, whatever. So it was great. Though. Oh man! I, but you know, I, I, you know what it was. There's such, uh, and I don't know where we're going to go with this thing, but there really is, man, such a uh, a tangible, experiential anointing of God on the Shepherd Church. Mm. And I, I kid, and I just talked uh, two days ago talking to somebody about you. And um, just the favor of God on you and the favor of God on that house, uh, it's very unusual. I, I don't know where we're going to go with this, but probably, and this was a conversation, Shepherd Church is probably, mm. in my experience, the most uh, racially diverse 
integrated church that, that I know of. Mm. If, if there are more, I just haven't heard about them, haven't mm. been there. But just the favor of God, the kind of uh, uh, Pentecostal diversity anointing mm. that, that the Bible reveals in the book, in the book of Pentecost, in the book of Acts, man. Uh, it's just a it's just a great house, and the Lord has used you in such an amazing way, Bishop. I appreciate um, you sharing that. Yeah, um, th- that has it has not been by accident. Th- yeah. th- it's been an intentional journey that our church has been on for ever since I've been there thirty five yeah. years ago. Yeah. There's a lot of people today that are trying to be racially diverse in in ways, and people are jumping on that bandwagon I, i'm not a bandwagoner i i I've, yeah. well, I've been fighting this battle since i was 16 years old i, yeah. I don't want to go into that because i, I want to talk about you and yeah. i want people to call in if you'd like to mm-hmm. say hello to bishop ulmer and he's been serving down there at, at the church at faithful central for over 40 years uh and, and you can call us at triple eight five two eight two five five seven. the reason i wanted to have you in today was just to honor you uh, I, I wanted to say thank you for for being the person that you are in this city. And one of the things that heavy on my heart in a in a real s- serious way is I, I look at our city and where we are and and the divisions that are here and the the problems that are here. I know that the only hope is the church. It's the only hope. Jesus and the church. And I look at I look at you retiring and and I feel like I've been shoulder to shoulder with you mm-hmm. in trying to lead this city and my heart today as yours is heavy for the passing of Jack Hayford. Oh. Uh the senior pastor at church on the way, he passed and I know he was a dear friend of yours. We're going to talk about him. Um uh, and I my my mind goes back to years ago when Jack was active and leading and they had a a prayer ministry i think it was called pray la shepherds la shepherds love la and you it was you bishop homer it was you it was jack hayford and it was lloyd ogilvy three of us and the three of you uh were the main leaders and i remember and and the thing was we tried to get pastors together to pray Mm -hmm. and i think we did it three or four times a year yeah it was from that that we eventually were able to be a part of the last Billy Graham crusade right. that came here. Right. But it, but you you and Jack uh, led that. And I remember if you got a phone call from you or Jack Haver, you picked up the phone. <laughs> and, and, and and you tried to say, you said, hey, we're going to get together. We're going to meet. We moved it around yeah. the city. And, and I, was, I was involved a little bit in that, but you were involved in that. And I just – you retiring and Jack is passing and and Lloyd Ogilvy's gone and I, I look at John MacArthur he's getting up there in years and I'm just I, I'm wondering what's going to happen to the city with the shepherds all all taken off. You know I think that's a valid question and um, what's going to happen? God, you know, will wake up and God will still be on the throne. Amen. The kingdom will still be here and the Holy Spirit will still be you know empowering and filling. Uh, but I do think, you know, and I, I do think there's a shift and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not a prophet, not a son of a prophet and I don't, I don't flow in the prophetic so much, but, 
but the when when you look back and when you zoom the lens out and you get a broad perspective of the story and my friend Lynn Sweet talks about uh, the Bible is a story from beginning and end, the story of the love of God, story of the compassion of God. But when you see the different seasons of the cultures that God God's people have gone into, when you see extended periods of um, conflict and and of uh, resistance, uh, and yet God always has this remnant. That there's that there's always, uh, like God said to the prophet, I've got I've got a I've got thousands that haven't even bowed yet. You know, in in the midst of a call and challenge to confront a counterculture. You know, the the the, the culture is not on our side right through here. Mm-mm. You know, I, I was saying to some a, a group of singles a while back. I said, you know, I pray for you guys because when when I and, and I'm a, I'm an OG. I'm, I'm an old gospel guy, so I go I go way back. You're not the old goat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the old goat. I'm not, not the old gospel. I'm not really. What <laughs> this? So so I looked back and I said, when I was coming up, at least the culture bent. A certain way, at, at least there was something in the culture that says, "Now that's wrong, or that's you know, the standard, or that's not acceptable." But not nowadays, man. And the men and women that God is raising up, and He is raising them up. You know, you he, believe that? Oh, I, I really do. I really do, man. I, I, I look at, I look at uh, the things that are happening that are already in place that that have been coming and are in place now at Shepherds. I look at. Uh, um, such rising stars, and I don't mean star in an arrogant way. Yes. I look at such rising stars as my the, the daughter of my friend uh, Tony Evans, is Priscilla Shire that you just gave clips on. Yes, uh, a young lady named Nona Jones. I I see God rising up, raising up these men and women, man. Mm. And uh, so I I have hope. I just think this. I had a friend who said, uh, and he took a towel and put it in his hand. He says, "God's going to pull us through, but it'll be a tight squeeze. <laughs> We're going to come through." But I think in this culture and in uh, for such a day, time as this in these last and evil days, as my Pentecostal yeah. friends say, God's going to pull us through. Man. And you know Rick Warren just retired. I do. There, I, there's another giant that, yeah. that is stepping aside. And, and tra- what was the word, the phrase? Repositioning? Repositioning, yeah. Because Re- he's not finished yet. But, you know, my burden has been for this city. I, there's something about Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I just have, I've always had this thing, you can't change the world unless you change America. You can't change America unless you change California. You can't change California unless you change Los Angeles, which is really one of the reasons why I'm here is because I feel like from here we can we can help change and affect the entire world. I see um, the, the, the ministries that I see that are, that are still on the move almost always, if not always, it's led by a a, a, a a shepherd who loves the city. Mm. You know, uh, shepherds, we called it shepherds love L.A. Mm. You know, it's led by, you know, guys who will go into an Ephesus or go into a Corinth and they love the city. It's jacked up, it's messed up, but there's a love that you have. And I think that is an anoint, that is a passion that God that God affirms. Uh, as he anoints men and women to to lead the body of Christ. My name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church. I'm filling in for Scott Furrow here on SoCal Live. We're all over uh, San Diego and Los Angeles currently just live, and we thank you for listening. And I'm talking to uh, Bishop Kenneth Ulmer, who served, uh, has been serving at Faithful Central for 40-plus years and getting ready to retire. You said your last sermon is going to be as a as the pastor— 
February 19th. February 19th. Do you know what you're going to – do you have any idea what, what I need to be writing? No, I was going to say you haven't written it yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a word on your you, heart? You know, is there a word? I don't want you to give it away, but is, is there – are you leaning towards something? You know what? When I was a little boy, I was a little boy, um, my my mom and dad worked sometimes three or four or five jobs combined uh, to put us through school, and, and we, we never had that much. If we, if we were poor, we didn't know the difference. Uh, but I – I, I remember years and years ago, man, hearing my dad say to my mom, and I remember because it was over and over, sometimes at Christmas, sometimes in holidays, and it was, it was sometimes with exasperation, sometimes with frustration, but I would hear my dad say to my mom, he, he called her, her, my mom, Bay. He said, well, Bay, I did my best. Mm. The tombstone on my dad's, my, my, where my dad's buried, I put that on his tombstone. You did. I did my best. And so on February 19th, I'll stand before the people for the last time as senior pastor. I did my best. I'm clapping, man. (laughs) I'm clapping. Uh, And then uh, I want to go back just briefly. What what made you decide to, to step aside, to reposition? Yeah. You know what? What was, what was the, what was the factor there? You know what? I, I wanted to finish well, and I wanted to be well when I finished, mm. you know. Um, I've seen, you've seen, we've all seen in the ministry, we've seen, uh, I, I believe God is a God of seasons. I am so convinced of that. I, I think as I, I read scripture, as I look at the church, I think, as I look at the, the move of God, yeah. God is a God of seasons. It is true. There is a time and a season for everything. Um, but I've seen some of my friends uh, stay past their season. I, I've seen great, great, what they used to call them. I don't know what they call them. Not used to call them mega churches. I've seen great, great churches die around the feet of a pastor who missed his season. I don't want to do that, man. I'm going to play a clip from this last weekend talking to Kenneth Bishop Ulmer getting ready to pass this baton. So the Bible says that Moses went to God and, and, and God, God, Moses said to God, Lord, now who will you choose to lead your people? Don't miss that. Moses prayed uh, about Numbers chapter 27. He said, Moses went to God and Moses said, Lord, now who do you choose to lead this people? He, he didn't go to God with a ballot. He didn't go to God with five cards and Lord, now pick one of these. Pick one. He didn't go to God with the multiple choice, A, B, C, all of the above. He said, Lord, you choose, you appoint, you assign the person who is to lead this house when I move on. A couple of verses later, the Bible says, and the Lord told Moses, take Joshua. Listen to me. I've gone to the Lord. God said, this man is to pick up the mantle, take the baton, and run on in Jesus' name. Not my choice, God's choice. Did I write that? I was going to say, <laughs> no, you know, scared. <laughs> 
You know, it's scary. I don't, I don't know how you right got here. that. I mean, you know, this 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 <laughs> social media, you know, this social media social platform time is scary, man. I mean, you know, it says Bible says that uh, uh, David served his generation, mm. you know, and then then moved on. Mm. Yeah, th- th- this is a different generation, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he might not have been able to do that in today's <laughs> it's a different generation. Social media. Hey, so so I, I I want you just to take just a moment and. Tell us who's taking your spot. You, you're, you're obviously passing the baton there to that guy. And, and yeah. just give us a short yeah. synopsis on who he's, he is. He's one of my sons. Uh, he's been, I should have bought him today. He, uh, and he's been with me seven years. Uh, we've walked together. He, he started off as our young adult pastor. Uh, uniquely, uniquely anointed. I shared this last Sunday with a friend. He's uniquely anointed to call his generation to the Lord. It's it's amazing. I mean, we're we're in church, we're in, we're in service on a Sunday, and you know, at our at the black church, so we call it the invitation. Give the invitation, you know. Mm-hmm. And when this man stands, it's 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 almost like they took a number, because when he when when he invites people to come to the Lord, it's just an anointing that younger young, mm-hmm. that generation comes. He's about he's thirty six, I think it is, mm-hmm. but he is the Joshua. Mm-hmm. He's the Joshua. Do you, can, can, do you mind sharing his name? You sure, John Paul Foster. He John Paul Foster. J.P. Foster. He's he teaches uh, at Biola. Mm-hmm. He'll get, get a doctorate in a couple of months. Um, he's not. He's not as good looking as you, though, is he? Oh, he's way past <laughs> me. He's he'd be in a world of trouble, man. <laughs> Bishop, where did you learn to preach? Uh I'm still learning. That's why I need you to keep writing my mm-hmm. sermons, man. You yeah, know. You, you know what I just. You know what I did. You know what I did. Um, I'm I'm not a scholar. I'm not a scholar. And people toss the term around. I think what I am, I am a student. Mm. I'm not a scholar. I am a student. So I don't know where. I don't know how. I think it's some studying. You know, I, I studied. As a matter of fact, I, I ran from the ministry because of preaching. And I ran from the ministry for two years because my culture more affirms preaching than teaching. Now I've been doing this forty six years, and I still don't know the main difference. But anyway, but but to, I do to say that to say that you are a teacher, okay? When I acknowledged that that was my gift, all of my models were pastors, were preachers, and mm. I'm saying I can't do that. And I ran for two years mm. because it took me that long to accept my gift. My God has called me to teach. If you're going to teach, you got to study. So I'm not a scholar, but I I try to study. Teaching and preaching are basically the same, but. For me, the preaching has more, a little more passion in it. It's yeah, a little more passion. I think so. Um, but but you're good at it. You're 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 you hit grand slams. Most guys can't hit singles. Uh, you but know where, it is. Where, where did that? Was it a gift from God? I know you worked at it. We all have to work at our craft. But were you were you anointed of God for this role? You know, I think I was called by God to that role. Here's what I mean. I think. Um, God, I, I, I'm from the, I'm from the school that says that God gives everybody a gift. Uh, um, uh, I think it was your daughter was saying about every, every woman. No, it's Priscilla. Every woman, you have a ministry. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm on that page, and I think that God uh, sovereignly gave me that gift, mm-hmm. and it it got me in trouble a lot of time. I mean, they laughed at me. And I'm, I'm, one time, the first revival I did, never forget this. Remember, remember old time revival? Oh yeah. And so the guys laughed at me. They said. They asked this guy who invited me. They said, "Why would you invite him?" He said, "He 
he can't preach. He said, he's a pretty good Sunday school teacher, but he's, <laughs> he's not a preacher. How old were you? How old, how old I, were you? I, I, when, when, I, when I started preaching, I was uh, 30, well, what? Uh, late. I was, I was late. I was late. My friend. What did well, you do the first 30 years? Preacher, uh, you don't want to know. I would never tell. <laughs> really? Oh, no. I, I was old. I, I, really, I started late. Well, how, why did you start late? Part of it was running. Part of it was my uh, far country days that I that I assume disqualified me. Mm. You know, it's kind of like your daughter was talking about yeah. women having a, have an influence and but being able to use them as influencers in spite of their past. The 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 dollar bill is torn in past, and God has used some some of the tears in my life, man. Well, brother, I'm glad you I'm glad you God sewed that thing back up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's Dudley Rutherford. I'm in studio with uh, Bishop Kenneth Ulmer, Faithful Central. He's been there for 40-plus years and getting ready to retire. And he, he, he's he's still going to stay busy, and we'll talk more about what he's going to do after this break. But if you're if you're in Los Angeles, and, and I, I don't want anybody not to go to your own church, but if you're able to get over to Faithful Central on February 19th at 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock, get over there. And listen to that man preach his final sermon as senior pastor. You're listening to Thursday, uh, Thursday's edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. If my life is to be lived by putting on Christ, listen to me now. It's not just being Christ-like. If I put on Christ, it's not just being Christ-like, it's letting him live through me. You missed that. Give it to you again. It's not just imitating him. Let's just act like him. No, 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 no. Don't act like him. Let him act through you. I'm just telling you, God says you are to walk in holiness. Brother, I'm going to miss you. It's Dudley Rutherford. I'm filling in for Scott Furrow on SoCal Live. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to Kenneth Bishop Ulmer, who is going to be retiring on February 19th from Faithful Central Church. He's been there over 40 years. He's been married 45 years. You're 75 years young. And what are you going to be doing next? What, what's next for you? You know, um, I'm not sure of all of it. And, and that's exciting. I, I'm I'm waiting on um, a couple more assignments. Example: I know I I'm working uh, at Biola University, uh, working with Biola University. I'm the senior advisor to the president um, to to make Biola look more like Shepherd Church. Mm. <laughs> so I'm working in that area. Uh, I have a network of pastors that I work with called Macedonia International Bible Fellowship based in Johannesburg, South Africa. I was going to say, you travel all over the world. Based in South Africa. So so I've got a network of, of pastors that I work with oh, in, in, in South Africa, in London. Uh, and matter of fact, some, some of them are coming on the 19th to uh, to be a part of that ceremony and that celebration. But I, I think, I think, where I am right now, I'm really asking God, what should I say no to? What, what, what should I 
what should I recognize that is not in this season? Hmm. You know, interesting. And, and that's a challenge because you know, friends, you know, friends who call and friends you've been knowing and all that. Uh, but I, I really want to be so very intentional, uh, and so. I'm in a wait and see. I, I had an encounter, a prophetic encounter Monday, with, which I can't say too much about, uh, with a guy from Bulgaria, you know, who was connected to Jack. And he and I had some conversations about what about this, what about that. And I'm really praying about it. Um, I, I want to hear from God about my next kingdom assignment. Mm. I know that I can get preaching invitations I want my kingdom assignment, you know. Um, big difference. Big difference, man. Big, big difference. And so uh, I am comfortably waiting, mm. comfortably, comfortably waiting. Uh, take, take a moment, and and uh, I want to ask you about a couple people mm-hmm. that have both passed. Mm-hmm. One is a longtime guy, mm-hmm. guy a long time ago. Mm-hmm. People living in L.A. right now that, Never met, never heard E.V. Hill preach. Mm-hmm. How, how would you explain E.V. Hill to people who've never heard him? Doc, and- Dr. E.V. Hill was uh, like a spiritual father of mine. This will explain his ministry. Okay, so we're at the Hilton Hotel in Chicago. Okay. Okay. It is the National Baptist Convention USA. National Baptist Convention USA is the largest black organization in the world. Okay. NBC USA. And so Dr. Hill was preaching that night. We can't seriously call the late night. He preached the paint off the wall. I mean, he, Dr. Hill. So wait a minute. How, how do you explain to people never heard him preach though? Well, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. He was one. I, I can't. Oh, one here, a million. Watch the story. So he says to me the next day, he says, he says, uh, you want to go with me? I said, yes, sir. Where, where are we going to go? He said, take my bag. I took his bag, carry his bag, different places. Armor bearer. We get in the car, we get in the car. We're going to Wheaton college. Okay. Okay. Now connect these dots. He comes to Chicago from having preached at a Presbyterian national convention. Okay. White Presbyterians. He comes to the largest black organization in the world, National Baptist Convention. We get in the car and we're going to Wheaton College. So wait a minute. On the way to Wheaton College, we stop at some restaurant. He loved to eat, and and so if you and you and I were there eating with him. He always ate out of everybody's plate. Now, let me taste some of that. Uh, nah, let, that looks very good. And wait a minute. So we're having this, and we're talking, and he's telling jokes and stuff. He picks up a napkin, and he writes something on the back, puts it in his inside pocket of his, of his suit pocket, and he's telling jokes, and we're laughing. We get to Wheaton College, you know, 99.9% white evangelical, you know, it's Wheaton. Okay. On the way from his seat to being introduced to preach, he walks up. And about the last step, he reaches into his pocket and takes out that crumpled up napkin that he wrote some words on. He preaches the, the man preached the napkin. Wow. The man preached the napkin. Wow. And I looked over the, and th- those, those little, bless his heart, those little, little white evangelical brothers was on the floor crying. Ah, call it old Jesus. But the anointing on this man to hear from God and speak God and hear, wait a minute now. So he left Wheaton and went to an assemblies of God convention in in Texas. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what I learned from him. He said, son, your message must have portability. Mm. Learn that from Dr. Hill. What does he mean? Here's a man who within a week 
spoke at a Presbyterian convention, mostly white, National Baptist Convention, all black, white evangelical uh, uh, school, and then goes to the largest white Pentecostal organization in the world. Who does that? But it's that anointing that, and, and I learned from him. He says, son, your message must have portability. That is powerful. That's powerful, man. That, that's powerful. And, and the grace that God has given me, it is the grace, man, the grace that God has given me um, to to cross lines, to cross boundaries, uh, to enter into spaces that God has opened, doors mm. that God has opened, mm. that that defy uh, racial differences and mm. ethnic differences, you know, uh, to be on stages, on stages that look like Shepherd, right? You know, you know what I mean, right? And 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 then and then Jack Hayford, Jack and I met almost forty years ago, thirty some years ago, on our knees, on our knees, on the front row of Hollywood Presbyterian Church at that time, pastored by Lloyd Ogilvy. Three of us, the voice of God. If he spoke, this place would rumble. You know, the voice of God, <laughs> Lord, 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 I did So, so we're on our knees praying. Okay, thirty some years ago, and we've been friends ever since. They were my best friends. Mm. I have a picture in my uh, in my office, and I got the call that Jack passed in our seven o'clock service. I go back to my office right before Sunday morning. Right before Sunday morning, right, man. Right, and I look and I say in, in my mind, and then there was one. Mm. With three of us, we mm. we used to laugh at each other when we 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 would meet uh, maybe four every four or five weeks. There's nothing that any either of the three of us went through in a thirty year period that we didn't go through together. We saw our kids go up, saw our kids have problems, we saw uh, church problems, etc. Uh, when Lloyd's wife died, Jack and I did the funeral. When Lloyd a couple of years later remarried, Jack oh. and I Jack and I did the wedding. When Jack's wife died, Lloyd and I did the funeral. When Jack got remarried, I was in South Africa. Lloyd did the wedding. We always laughed and said it's not really legal because all three of us were not there together. So, yeah, 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 that didn't count. <laughs> but, 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 but the bond that God gave us, um, you know. And, and how do you explain the the spiritual? When I was with Jack, I felt like I was with the Holy Spirit. Like there's only been a couple people in my life. I had a professor in college, but he's the other guy. Yeah. If he's in the room, I just felt like I was in the presence of God. You know, that's true, and I'll tell you why that's so important to me. Because I saw the other side. You know, I I saw the blend of the humanity and the divinity in Christ. Yeah. You know, Jack's funny. Jack's telling stories, oh, man. Funny. Oh he my gosh. Uh, uh, I've been around the I've been around the world, and I've heard majesty song i have a son in south africa in south africa their church service starts every sunday morning in johannes uh, uh, in pretoria singing majesty mm. i've heard it in french yeah. I've, I've been traveling heard it in french but to see how god used him uh i don't know what i'm gonna do man i'll tell you why uh and you can attest to this mm. ministry is a lonely business mm. Ministry is a lonely business. It's one of my man. questions here. How lonely is the job? It's, How lonely is it's, the it's job? A lone, ministry is a lonely business, man. And um, we never have many friends. And we got contacts. We got you know people we meet on the stage, you meet on the platform. But uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. The, the, the void 
in my life um, left from Jack and Lloyd? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Be, because it's been so long since I was walking alone. Mm. These guys, these three, the three of us, um, ministry is lonely, man. Mm. I, I, I pray for young pastors. I said, I pray to my son is taking my place. I said, man, I hope God gives you a Jack. Mm. I hope God gives you a Lloyd. I hope God gives you a friend. Because ministry is a lonely walk sometimes. People don't, people don't understand the difficulty of the job. And 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 in a sense, it's, it's it's real and it's understandable because they don't see the other side of it. Yeah, you know, there are people there are people whose lives are changed on Sunday morning when Dudley Rutherford stands at the Shepherd House, and and they all they want to know is is he coming back next Sunday? Yeah, you know, the stuff that you that goes on Monday through Saturday, they don't know, and that's not a criticism; that's just no. an observation. They don't know, man. No. Sometimes the loneliest walk of my week is the walk from my office to that pulpit. Mm. Well, we're going to talk just a little bit more about that. We have yeah. one more one more break, and then we want, we want to spend a little bit more time together. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough for coming in because I know I know you're busy and doing a lot of stuff right now. But uh, I do think that I feel with you stepping aside. I I kind of got this hole in my heart as well. Felt it when Jack passed, Rick Warren pa- stepping away. I felt it when Scott Bauer passed, and. Uh, What's happening that you all can relate to what another pastor's going through, and most people can't, and that's one of the reasons why we feel that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Thursday's edition of SoCal Live. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Oh, you know, you were just talking about God has a season, and God has plans for all of us. And I'm sitting here in studio. My name is Dudley Rutherford, Pastor Shepherd Church. Uh, you can hear me every night here preaching at 7 o'clock, a program called Lift Up Jesus. And I think uh, we have the best name for all TV, radio ministers because we exist to lift up Jesus because he's the one that draws all people unto him. And I'm in studio with a dear friend, Kenneth Bishop, Ulmer, who has served at Faithful Central Church down there in Inglewood for 40-plus years and getting ready to retire. On February 19th will be his last sermon as senior pastor. You'll still hear him. He'll still be around. I believe you're also doing an event at Shepherd Church on May the 10th, KKLA's uh, breakfast for pastors. Every pastor in the city of Los Angeles and San Diego are welcome to come to Shepherd Church, May 10th. I think it's from 9 to 11. Mm-hmm. Free breakfast. Everybody loves free. <laughs> and you're gonna you're speaking at that. So yeah. we're still going to hear from you. But uh, turning the reins of his church over to the basically the next the next generation. And uh, one, one silly question. Just you used used to meet in the forum mm-hmm. in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are you a Lakers fan or a Clippers fan? Someone ask you that. What do you say to them? What day is it? Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Today's like, Thursday, my Tuesday, man. Yeah, this is a lake. This is the Clippers day. You, it's, Tuesday, Thursday. No, Saturday. it's one or the other. Uh, no, no, no. It's one or the other. No, 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 no. When I was in the forum, whosoever will let them okay. come. That's what we did. <laughs> but no, I, I, um, no, I seriously. You're I, a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan. Yeah, I'm a Laker fan. You have to be. You... But you know what? I but uh, uh, about the guy who owns the Clippers. Mm-hmm. 
that guy is contagious. I've he is. That one a couple of, oh, since he, since he, a couple of times since they come to the yeah. to my side of Steve, town. Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer is a contagious. Yeah. He's a good man, man. He doesn't have much money though. Nah, not much. A couple of billion. Nah, what can I tell you? He's, a couple of you billions. Know, he's he's up, got billions. Taking up an offering or something. I don't he's know. got he's, billions. He's, he's a he's a good man though. You know, you you mentioned something about um, the the name of your the name of your your show. Lift up, Christ. lift up Jesus. He. Here's what I think is the challenge of the church going forward, and I mean the church, uh, the body of Christ. Remember that verse where Jesus says, um, "If and I, if I be lifted up, mm-hmm. you think?" Then He says, "I'll draw all men unto Me." Mm. If 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 there's a lifting, there'll be a drawing. Mm. I, I think. I think therein lies one of, if not the major challenge of the church going forward in these last and evil days, as my Pentecostal friends call it. And here it is. It's the tension between authenticity and attraction. Here's what I mean. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, we're going to have to decide uh, that the authentic gospel is still Jesus Christ. Same today, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus Christ, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I'm not one of the ways, I'm not little truth, I'm not some of the life. I am the way, the... And we got to decide if we're going to stay authentic. That is the authenticity of the gospel. Here's our problem. But in the face of proclaiming and standing on the authenticity of the gospel, we, we, we are attracted to the side of drawing. And so in this, in this, in this uh, commitment to the authenticity... We will tend to lean toward being more attractive. Mm. And the more we lean toward being more attractive, the more we will dilute the authenticity mm. of the gospel. On the other hand, the more we lean toward being so authentic that we have no relevance, we have no, no, no application, we have no, no, no sensitivity to the culture around us, and so we don't draw. So it's not an either or. Therein in our eyes are our challenge because I've seen, you and I have seen, um, you know, I, I hate the term celebrity, but we've we've seen uh, men and women who lean so far one way or the other. Uh, I had a friend friend of mine one time. Uh, he said about his church. He said, "Wow, if we could hear about Jesus every now and then, it would be good." <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> and man. They doing some great things in the community. A lot of social stuff. A lot of community stuff. Good stuff, man. But he said, "If we could hear about Jesus just every now and then." My point is that in the in the in the interest of being attractive to the culture, attractive to the community, attractive mm. to the realities of the struggles of life, we will tend we will tend to um, dilute the authenticity of the gospel. Mm. It, it, it's not Jesus and nothing; it's Jesus. Period. When you see the polls, hear the polls. I don't know how legit they are, but basically, we're becoming a country where people have less and less faith. Mm-hmm. Less and less belief in mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. isn't that a result of the pulpit? Oh, exactly. Oh, oh I think, I yeah, I th- I think that the challenge is going to start with the pulpit. Yeah, and and again, I think it is the pulpit that that struggles with that tension mm. of not either or but both and. Yeah, and and I think that we have leaned so far mm. uh, that we've often lost. Not only lost our our authenticity, we've lost our authority, mm. our authority to speak prophetically, our authority to stand on the reality of the world, and yet to stand on the the reality of the world in the realities of the world. And, and what is your what is your thought on where our world is today, this country? It, 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 it you touched on it earlier, but I, you know, 
I I feel like I'm the Bible in Isaiah says that there'll come a day where they'll call good evil and they'll call evil good. You're and, in it, and I feel like we're living in that. We're in it, and it's it's stuff happens that I'm shocked. I I just I keep thinking it can't get any worse, and it appears it just keeps, it keeps getting, getting worse. worse. And that's what I meant when I said that that the culture has so shifted that. Even the culture in which we're in has no affirmation of the things of God has no. I mean, there was the one time when when the, the I mean, the world said even the world knew some things were wrong. <laughs> even the even the people outside of the church wouldn't do some things. Now, there's no boundaries, man. Mm-hmm. But I think that that uh, in the reality of those times spoken of in, in Isaiah, those times spoken of in Jeremiah, uh, uh, those times spoken of the prophets, though we are in those days mm-hmm. to talk about the last days. We're yeah. in them. Yeah. But. There was always a remnant, man. Yeah. There was always, always, you know, I look at, and this is, this is, this is more of, this is more of, of observation than it is, uh, even about you. Okay. But the, the position of, 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 of shepherd church, the position, the physical geographical position of where you guys are, mm-hmm. uh, is like a light, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's, it's like a, like a big flashlight. Yeah, we we call it true north. Yeah, true yeah, north. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Hollywood says it's north, but we're true north. True north, yeah. and 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 there is such truth in that because yeah. I see, I see, I see pockets of light yeah. in the reality of darkness. Yeah, Bishop, we just have a few minutes, but yeah. uh, I got a couple topics. One quick is I wanted to spend more time. It's just the racial divide in our country. Mm-hmm. You've been here in L.A. for forty years, and I, I don't know why I. And, and maybe I'm I'm wrong. I, I just thought things, we were getting better for a while, and then I just felt like we took this huge dip where, where everything just got super bad, and now just everything is racist. Everything is seen through the lens of color. And I know that, uh, that you went through a season uh, where your heart was so burdened and we actually met with some other pastors, and, and you were asking, "Where are my but? Where are my brothers?" And, yeah. Yeah. and 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 where do you think we stand now with with Martin Luther King's dream? And have have we? I mean, I believe we've come a long ways, and and I sometimes I think it's not as bad as people are making out to be, and then sometimes I think we haven't even scratched the surface of where we need to go still. Yeah. Do you, do you, can you sum that up in a in yeah. a brief? Minute? I'm I, I'm not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet. And, yeah. and when I hear questions like that, I I have a tough answer because, uh, I it's like like my friend said, God's going to pull us through this, but it's going to be a tight squeeze, man. Yeah. I I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon. I yeah. think it's going to get better. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon. I think mm-hmm. it's going to get better. And in these times, I think God is going to raise up lights. God's mm-hmm. going to raise up men and women. God's going to raise up new voices. And that remnant, that remnant, the, 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 the excitement and the reality of the remnant, man, God's got people to have me about. Uh, my name is Dudley Rutherford, pastor of Shepherd Church, filling in for Scott Furrow here on SoCal Live. I'm talking to Bishop Kenneth Ulmer, who's retiring on February 19th, 9 o'clock, Faithful Central. Get to his church on February 9th. Go give the honor that is due him. And, uh, brother, I hope when you walk out that day, they give you a long-standing ovation for <laughs> a job well done. I want to. I want you to take just a minute to talk about it. At that evening, February 19th, there's a red carpet event at 3 o'clock where people are going to be walking in on red carpet. People can mm-hmm. stand there and watch. But at 5 o'clock, there's going to be a citywide 
concert. Yeah. In your name, in your honor, in, uh, tributing you, honoring you. Tell us a little bit about that concert. It's at the West Angeles Cathedral. Oh, that's right. It's not at your church. It's not it? at our church. It's at the West Angeles Cathedral on Crenshaw and Exposition uh, in Los Angeles, pastored by my very dear friend, Bishop Charles Blake. And uh, while wow, B.B. Winans, my friend, will be as one of the one of the uh, co-hosts, uh, Erica, Erica Campbell of Mary Mary will be there. Uh, Israel Houghton will be there. Um, Kathy Taylor will be there. Uh, gosh, artists from around the world, but artists who are handpicked because at different parts of my different parts of my journey, God spoke to me through them. And that starts at five o'clock. Starts at five o'clock, and when, anybody can come. Anybody can come. Uh, They're going to have to get there early, me. though, right? All uh, those people. It might help. West Angeles <laughs> uh, seats about five thousand. Seats five thousand twenty-five on the floor, twenty-five on the balcony. Yeah, seats five thousand. Beautiful facility. Yeah. So if you're listening, we'd love to have you come. I, I, I'm planning on being there myself. I hope you'll join us and. Bishop, I, I, uh, we just have literally have 60 seconds left, mm-hmm. and uh, I just want to thank you for your 40-plus years here in this city. The city. The city will not be the same. I know there's a remnant. I understand that. I know that you believe God's raising up the next generation. I, I think, I think our, our city, in a lot of ways, is in some, some trouble. Yeah. And uh, – I hope everyone listening out there will pray for your churches, get involved in your church, stop sitting on the sidelines. We went from being people who were faithful. We went through a period where we all became fearful, and now we've become lazy. And it's time to get back in the game, back on the front lines. But each and every one of us have uh, something that we owe to men like you who've served and led us all these years. So thank you. Uh, for your life, Ms. Mr. Bishop thank Kenneth Ulmer. Thank you for being a friend, man. And uh, I'll be here t- tomorrow. i uh, got a couple guests. Candace Camion Bure will be here. You're listening to Thursday's edition of SoCal Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.